as a band before church and I just felt to pray about just, just a real refreshing in the house this morning. So I just, just release that over you this morning. Just, just refresh this morning. Take a deep breath. Amen. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine 29 says this, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Amen. He doesn't say, oh, look, I might, or if I feel like it, I might do that. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. <sighs> we were away in Geelong last weekend, um, catching up with good friends of ours. And it's just so nice to be home. And by home, I mean home, church home. Um, it, was, it was fun being away, but Stacey and I didn't sleep three nights, so we were supposed to go to church with them on Sunday. And I think it was, I got to sleep about three in the morning because somewhere in the neighbourhood were having a big party and they decided that they would, the band, they had a live band, which was kind of cool, but they would, they would go through till oh, 2.30 in the morning, I think, they stopped playing. And yeah, it was uh, keeping me awake. So we didn't get to church. I said, look, we're just, I'm just exhausted. I can't function this morning. Um, so our friends took two older boys to church and Stacey and I <laughs> went back to bed. Uh, but it's good to be home. It's good to, good to be home and good to be refreshed. Amen. Um, I want to talk this morning about hearing from God. And this is my third time I've had a go at this. Um, I don't know, I look back, so I've been in church here since August 20, uh, 2003, uh, got married to Stacey in September 2004, so I've probably been in active ministry in church from about oh, 2004, 5-ish onwards, and youth ministry, did nearly 10 years in youth ministry, and I look back and I've got notes from just about every message I shared at youth, and I look back at them and I cringe sometimes, and I go, oh, oh, did I say that? <laughs> or, oh, I could have softened that a little bit, or I could have maybe emphasised that a little bit more and not so much of this, and I'm just, isn't it good how when you grow, oh, I've got so much more grace now. <laughs> uh, and as you, you walk with, with, with Jesus throughout your life and you spend time with him and in the word and in prayer and just life in general, your perception on things can change and your understanding of the Father's heart for different things changes. And, and I know hearing from God for me has been a real journey. And, and even you know, up to a few months ago, I have a slightly different bent on perhaps my experience or what I've understood of the word um, about hearing from God and how he speaks into your life. And I just want to share that, that this morning because there's a couple of keys here that, that, um, that, that I think you'll find really handy that, that I think some of you need this morning. I don't think this is an accident. Um, there are things in life you don't understand until you experience them for yourself. Do you, would you agree with that? I know um, if you've had children, you would understand. I remember when Josh was born. Um, he was our, he's our oldest. He's nine now. And I remember when the nurse picked him up to go and have his... They take a blood sample from their heel. Um, 
and the nurse wanted to take him out to do that and I'm like over my dead body <laughs> touch that kid I kill you um, I, I just and I was polite about it but I know my brain was exploding thinking don't you touch my baby and I'd only known him for a few hours um, and I said I'll, I'll take him out that's fine you can do whatever you want but I'll be holding him at the time um, didn't work when they weighed him I had to let go for that bit <laughs> anyway and so I I think with my walk with Jesus, I think now seeing as a father how I love my children, how I relate to my children, how I understand my children, having that experience of being a father changed how I understood how God loves me. I, I think it, it took me deeper. And I'm not saying you need to have children to have that understanding. God can teach you things, walk you through principles and understandings through other means, um, oh my goodness, we had a, a, a puppy dog of ours pass away, 16-year-old dog. Oh, it's like this big hole, you know, this beautiful dog. It's just, and I'm not saying children, are, you know what I'm saying, there are other experiences in life and, and other ways the Father can teach you to understand principles, but I just found for me that completely changed I remember I rang my mum and I said, oh, mum, I understand now. After Josh said, well, I understand how much <laughs> you and dad love me. And I apologise for a few things because, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I had that deeper understanding of, of the father's heart and his love for his children, which is you and I. Amen. John three sixteen seventeen 17 says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 17 goes on to say, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. <sighs> Amen. His one and only son. So, my way of understanding things has changed over my life. My understanding of, of the word and things have changed. So this is hearing from God, take three. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding and seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. I've had this, that, that framed proverb on my office desk for over 10 years now. Uh, in fact, I got my 10-year service award with uh, my employer in, in our interview Christmas party, and that was, that was pretty big for me. I can take long service leave. Yippee. Um, so that, that little framed proverb has been on my desk for over 10 years now. And I, I look at that, and I remember I used to, that, it's a constant reminder to me, one, that he's my source. So he's who I seek direction from. He's where I looked at, look for to help. And he'll always show me which path to take. And what I, what I used to think was that almost everything I did in life, I had to have this clear direction for God. I had to have a word or a prophetic word or an angel trumpeting in the sky or Collingwood winning the grand final. Or, you know, these, these, these ways that God... I'm only joking. <laughs> so Stacy says to me, she says... Sometimes, because you're so serious, when you make jokes, people don't know whether to laugh. They're like, was that meant to be funny? 
Maybe I should get a, get a horn, I'll honk it when I make a joke. <laughs> or a sign, laughter. No, I'll stop being funny. <laughs> Attempting to be funny, is that better? So I used to think that I, used to, I had to have this clear, crystal clear direction from God, a word from God, to move on anything, absolutely anything. That's just how I, I, in my brain, that's how I thought it worked. And I've wrestled with this question, what happens when God's not talking to you? Now, during most seasons of my life, I've been clearly able to hear the voice of God. Clearly, just, you know, it, it, it's, I, I just understand how he's directing me on a matter. Um, I, just, you know, I just clearly sense what I'm supposed to do. Um, I heard from God really clearly late 20, 2003 when it was time to come to church because I hadn't been in church for a season in my life. Uh, I'm not proud of that, but that's, that's what I'd chosen to do with my life through my, my early 20s. Uh, and I just remember hearing clearly from God when I was driving past a couple of weekends before, that's where you need to go. Just clearly impressed upon me. And... Once again, that could be a long story, but I'm not going to make it a long story. So I just knew. So that Sunday morning I turned in here because I knew God had clearly impressed upon me that's what I was to do. I remember that, that morning in August 2003, probably August 12, if that's a Sunday, I don't know. That date kind of sticks with me. Maybe it's not. Um, I remember walking into church and I remember seeing Stacy up on the stage, which was, they didn't have the black bit here at the time, it was back further. I remember seeing her singing on backing vocals, and God said, that's your wife. Just, just knew it, just absolutely knew it. I just saw her, and God said, that's who I've set aside for you to marry. So I went home, rang my mum, and said, oh, I've met my wife. Well, I actually hadn't met her, I hadn't spoken to her, I'd seen her. But I just, I'm just, and the reason I'm telling you, this is absolutely true, um, it's because I just want you to get an understanding of how I just, God clearly, I, I just, he clearly talks to me. And I, I thought this was common. This is, to me, this was my understanding of how God talked to me, and that's how in every single thing in my life, how it should be. I get this clear impression, you know, someone has a word for me, something, but it had to be clear. And, and I, I get pr- prophetic words for people all the time. Okay, generally it's a, it's a picture or a sense or, or something, something like that. Um, and, and I love it because I understand, okay, God, this is what you're trying to, you want me to say on your behalf this morning. Uh, I love that because I just get it so clear. It might not be until the person's right there. I don't often get pre-warning, but <laughs> I don't get them days in advance. But anyway, and... and, and I love it. I love that side of ministry, the prophetic word speaking into people's lives. And I could do that right now, but I, we could be caught up for about half an hour, so we, we won't for reasons of time. But, and, and that's all good. And it's all good, okay, when God's speaking to you clearly. But what happens when God's not talking to you? What do you do when you seek God and he's silent? What do you do? When you're so used to hearing God and you go, okay, God, I need a word on this. I need an understanding of which way you want me to go on that particular subject, topic, that life decision. And he's silent. Nothing. 
And because I'm so used to hearing and understanding what God wants me to do, I used to get kind of angry at God. I used to get guilty. God, why aren't you speaking? This is important. Come on, give me a word. Or, what have I done wrong? Oh Lord, I'm so sorry for, I don't know what, but clearly there was something because you're not speaking to me like you used to. Maybe I'm the only person that that this applies to. But I used to get angry or guilty or, oh God, it's just, this is is important, come on. You know, of any time, now is when I need the clear word about that job, about that financial decision, about that relationship issue. God, I need a clear word from you now. And what do I get? Nothing. Not even an email. (laughs) Ah, you can laugh. That was a joke. (laughs) I felt like I had to do something to get God to talk to me again. And in those seasons of life where I don't clearly hear the voice of God, I felt like I'd done something wrong to make me unworthy of his attention. I felt like I had to work to get him to talk to me again. I had to spend more time in prayer, more time in worship, had to give up stuff, fasting, whatever. I felt like I had to work again at getting his attention. What is it, James 4, eight or 7, eight, four, eight? it might be, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I'm like, God, I'm drawing near, come on. I think it's James 4, eight. somewhere in James. Maybe it's not. It's in the Bible, okay? <laughs> and I didn't understand until very recently that there are actually seasons with God. Listen to a podcast by Amy Stumvoll. And she refers to a guy called Graham Cook. They talk about seasons of hiddenness, when God is clearly not speaking to you the way you're used to. And seasons of manifestation, when God is speaking you through, you know, you're writing Maccas and God's speaking through you, through the takeaway, or you're riding your bike and you're seeing cows on the hills and, oh, yes, Lord, you're speaking to me through reading. And then there's times when he's, then oh, that happens to me. Anyway, so very recently, I had a major breakthrough. I listened to a podcast by Amy Stumvoll um, from, from Bethel Church, and she was talking about relationships, and she shared some of the story uh, of a guy called Graham Cook. Um, now, just as Amy confessed on her podcast, she completely ripped him off. These were all his ideas. I am doing the same. If you Google Amy Stumvoll and listen to her podcast, what I'm going to share with you now, I'm completely ripping off from her and her message and Graham Cook's message because it changed my life. It changed my understanding of how God talks in different seasons. And I think we need to hear it because it, it had me squashed down like this for so long. I used to think I'd done stuff wrong and God was angry with me because he wasn't speaking to me in the way I was used to hearing him speak to me. And he was silent when I was faced with some of the biggest decisions of my life. I didn't hear him. And after I listened to this message, I understood (laughs) he wasn't angry with me. He wasn't angry at all. 
And you'll see, you'll see. There's this guy called Graham Cook. He was a criminal, okay? He's, he's from Britain. Um, God audibly spoke to him when he was running from the police and stopped him in the field. And the audible, audible voice of God spoke to Graham clearly for, for a fairly lengthy period of time. God, God would converse with Graham. And they would talk. And then, and the, and this, he just got used to this. He got saved. He was used to hearing God talk to him. And you could imagine how incredible would that be if God, you could hear the audible voice of God speaking to you. To you. I mean, that would be cool. What should we have for dinner? Where should I? Be? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, wow. And then one day, God stopped talking. Stopped. Just stopped. This, this way that Graham was used to conversing with God was just completely cut off. And he was so disturbed, disturbed so upset by this, he was suicidal. Just did not want, know what to do. Just thought he'd done something wrong. I'm sorry, God, what have I done? And then one day, he was in a coffee shop, getting a coffee, and the only seat left in the coffee shop was next to this guy who appeared to be a Catholic priest. And um, anyway, so Graham just told him what had been going on holding me salvation story, I was saved like this, God talked to me, God stopped talking to me, what's wrong? And then the priest started teaching Graham about seasons of hiddenness and seasons of manifestation. And according to Graham's story, uh, they talked for a few hours and eventually the coffee shop closed. And, um, you know, which is how it is when you're in a good conversation, isn't it? And so anyway... Um, apparently they went out, and I can't remember exactly, but uh, he might have got a lift somewhere or, or went, went to go, went to, the priest jumped in a car, drove off, Graham looked back, long straight stretch of road, there was no car there. So he believes it was a, a manifestation, whether it was Jesus or an angel, I, I don't know, I can't remember the story, but um, during that, that time he was teaching Graham about the seasons of hiddenness and manifestation. And this is an extract from an article that Graham wrote, God has not left you, he is only hiding. When God is manifest toward us, he is so in a tangible way. We can feel him, we can access him emotionally. We laugh, we cry, we feel as his presence, as his peace declares, his heart and joy in us. His love often overwhelms us and we feel gratitude and praise as a tangible expression of our response to his presence. Rejoice, thanksgiving, praise and worship and adoration. They are all physical indications that our emotions are fully engaged in blessing the Lord. That is because God's manifest presence is both physical and emotional. It sets us free to experience God fully. However, when God is teaching us to walk by faith, not by what we feel, he withdraws from our emotions. He hides from our feelings. So instead, we have to take on trust that he is with us. In his hiddenness, we learn to believe that God will never leave us or forsake us. And we establish a pattern of simple faith that he is always with us. God has not left us. He has only withdrawn from our feelings for the purpose of establishing trust and simple faith.
It's a tough lesson initially, but also immensely rewarding. It's a key discipline to learn and one that the Holy Spirit is so brilliant at teaching us. I had no idea until recently. I hadn't, hadn't you know, perhaps subconsciously I understood that. And I want to give you an illustration from, from Scripture that, that shows that quite clearly. But a good Scripture to sum this up is 2 Corinthians 5-7. to For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen. For we walk by faith, not by sight. I want to illustrate to you in Scripture where Jesus clearly hides himself in order to teach those he loved more about himself. Okay? love for you to understand this and when Amy was preaching on this in a podcast I just I finally got it and one day I'm going to tell her how much it meant to me because it's changed my life and my understanding of God this is from Luke Luke 24 verses 13 to 32 that same day two of Jesus's followers were walking from the village of um, seven miles from Jerusalem as they walked along, they were talking about everything that would happen, that had happened, and they talked about and discussed these things. Jesus suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. So you've got to get this, they didn't know it was Jesus. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them Cleopas replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there in the last few days. What things, Jesus asked, as if he didn't know. The things that happened to Jesus the man from Nazareth, they said. Can you imagine what he's thinking? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of the men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, and remember, they don't know this is Jesus, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that the prophets wrote in the scriptures, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing that place that starts with E, and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. So not only was he hiding who he was from them, he was stirring them up a bit now. But they begged him, stay the night with us, since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to him. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. 
and at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn with us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? <laughs> so what happens when God's not talking to you? Sometimes when God is seemingly hiding from us, he's actually doing it on purpose to teach us something. Okay? Jesus hid himself from the disciples. Why? Because he needed to teach them something. Imagine if he'd revealed himself at the point of meeting on the road. They're not going to want a historical theology lesson. You think about it. They're not going to say, oh, yes, Lord. They're going to say, what happened? Where have you been? Does that hurt? What, what happened? Why did you have to die? Where did you go? What happened? Why? They're not, they're not going to want a history lesson, are they? He did it on purpose because he had something to teach them. If Jesus hadn't have done that, they would have missed out on a rich understanding of who Jesus was through the Old Testament. They would have missed out completely. So what happens when God's not talking to you? Well, sometimes he's trying to teach you something. You need to have faith. Take a bold step and trust him. For you walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. When I finally got that, when I finally understood it, I'm like, oh, God, thank you. You're not angry with me. I haven't done something wrong. It's just... It's just a different season. Amen? It's just a different season. Oh, it was such a massive, massive weight off my shoulders. Massive weight. One of the things I love to do in church is MC meetings. I love it. So fun. It's excellent. Get so nervous. What do you want to do, God? I've got no idea. <laughs> you get up there, okay? Where are you taking this? And and it just mostly flows because you just go, okay, God, right? Well, oh, and oh, sometimes He will speak to me the day before. Sometimes during the worship. Sometimes you get to there about there and you go, God, I have no idea where you want to take this meeting. No idea. And you get to about here, still no idea. I keep singing for a minute. And sometimes I still have no idea and we get to the end of the service, but that's fine. We just, and other times you, know, you, you clearly get a sense of where God's taking the meeting, where, where, where you know, what, what the Spirit is trying to do through the meeting. And, and, and it, I don't know, I can't explain it that well, but sometimes it's like, okay, God, well, obviously we're not doing the spiritual kind of, you're leading me really clearly today. We're going to do the, well, God, you're awesome. Let's move on to the announcements kind of service sometimes during the worship I can't you know sometimes you get that warm and fuzzy feeling and God's really moving you can sense his presence and that's good I love that type but other times 
it's like, wow, the sound is nicely mixed, the songs are wonderful, everyone's having a, a really good time of worship, really worshipping God, but I actually don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling. But you know what, that's okay, because I know God's here. I know he's here, and I know he's moving, because I can see people worshipping and just, just lost in worship. And on those mornings when I don't have the feelings, it, it's fine, God, I worship you, you're amazing, I love you. It doesn't matter. You just, just worship anyway because I know he's here. I know he's in the house. I trust him by faith that God is here. Amen? So what happens when God's not talking to you? Do you know what? You can still make big decisions in your life. Even if I don't get that clear impression of a will in an area, God has given me skills and abilities and understanding and wisdom to make decisions. I know his word, I know his heart, and even if I don't get angels dancing on the doona telling me what to do, I still know a silly financial decision when I see it if God's not clearly leaning me in another direction. I go, well, God, I don't have a clear impression of what you want to do in this situation, but, Lord, I know about good financial management, so I'm going to do this. Or whatever situation it may be. And do you know what? The God who created the heavens and the earth is big enough to fix my stuff ups. <laughs> if I make a wrong decision, our God is a big God. Amen. And he's big enough. You know, if you make the wrong decision, it's okay. How you going, Tyler? You good? Good boy. 2 Timothy 1-7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power, and self-discipline. So I'm not afraid. If, I, if he's not speaking clearly, that's okay. If I muck up, my God's big enough to fix it. Amen. Amen. I'm just trying to work out where we go. I'm going to wrap this up very shortly. Um, a couple of years ago, I was given a, a really, I, I was honoured to be made a, a job offer. It was a wonderful job offer. Uh, very, very honoured. Very honoured. And of course, at the time I sought God, uh, I didn't have the kind of understanding I had now. I was still waiting for that clear direction from God. So I sought God and I thought, oh, well, if it's your will, God, you'll speak to me clearly. And yeah, nothing, nothing at all. You can play a track with crickets, making cricket noises in the background. And that was about what I was getting from God. And the crickets weren't speaking, by the way. They were just filling in the gaps of silence. I remember one day just, just, just really worrying over this decision. Let's, let's be honest. No faith, it was worry. Whether I should say yes or no. I remember mountain biking up this hill and I was <gasps> exhausted. And I just happened to be thinking about it. I'm like, God, come on, come on, speak to me. And very clearly, he said, trust me. Just got this clear impression. Trust me. I'm like, beauty. He started speaking to me. Right, and the rest. And that was it. That was it to this day. That was it. Trust me. That, that was it. And I said, come on, is there more? Uh, and that was it. So look, um, and that was fine. I just... 
uh, I prayed about it and I didn't get a clear direction here or there so I, I, I said no and, and I think that was the right thing and that was a big decision I made without a clear clear direction from the Lord on, on a big decision in life and I, it was the right thing. So I just trust him. So what do you do when God's not talking to you? Trust him. Look out for the life lessons he might be trying to show you. Keep walking by faith. And even if you make a wrong decision, just know that your God is big enough to fix it. Hey, can I have Steve and the Musos up? We're going to close the meeting now. Amen. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. God's an awesome God. Will you stand this morning? I just want to pray for you.